this week on EXM, the Arkham Knight is beset on all sides by the villains of PC City. He's the hero PC gamers want, but most say he's not the hero PC gamers deserve. Destiny consumers lament their pricing destiny. Bethesda accepts bottle caps as currency. We build fallout shelters, beat up supervillains, and then we put a bow on E3 by discussing its current relevancy to gamers in the dialogue tree. We also have recommendations, Master Game Theater, and more coming up in 30 seconds on EXM. The podcast that always patches on day one. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Welcome to the Exclamation Mark Podcast, the podcast that always patches on day one. <laughs> I am Crofton Steers, uh, your host here for an adventure into the minds of two interested and interesting gamers, video game players, that is. Uh, one is myself, who you already know. The other is my compatriot, uh, Bo Schwartz, who I welcome now. Bo! Greetings, Internet. Greetings, Podcast Universe. Hello, everyone. I bid you good day. Wait, you say that at the end of something, not when you're saying hi. Anyways, hello, hi, welcome to Exclamation Mark Podcast. Excited, I am. It's funny because you have your radio voice, but that was like your theater voice. Yeah, that was my theater voice. And p- Masterpiece and, theater. And, th- and theater people wonder why nobody likes them. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, the today's tagline is about patching on day one, and you made it sound like a good thing, but if we always have to patch on day one, doesn't that mean our releases are uniformly botched? <laughs> and perhaps, though. bad. And if so, we would like to apologize, and I feel like apologies is going to be the theme of the week this week. Uh, I definitely, while okay. we're all we're all still in the remnants of E3, I think uh, it's been a bit of a slow news week. But there are some notable stories, and we should uh, highlight some of them. Mostly apologies in uh, our first segment, which is readme.txt. Three Bothams died bringing you that intro. Um, (laughs) I don't know what a Botham is. What is a Botham? It's whatever was responsible for getting the Death Star plants in Star Wars. Uh, Okay. You have very low geek cred, but that's okay. I'll still work with you. Um, So... There's a couple of apologies this week in uh, in gaming. Uh, Bo, do you want to start us off with the big one? All right. Well, the big one, the one that I haven't stopped hearing about, even though I've tried to, is Batman Arkham Knight on PC. It, it has a tanked review score on Steam. And if you read it, it's ba- not has nothing to do with the game. It has to do with customer dissatisfaction. Um, and every news gaming news site everywhere is talking about how the game isn't working. Um, that a lot of PC players are finding their experience to be unplayable. 
That being said, I have encountered a few Twitch streamers who have perfectly fine experience with the game. So there's a bit of a disconnect there. But for the most part, this is a big news item. It was so bad that actually, Rock, I don't know if it's Rocksteady or Warner Brothers, but the makers of Arkham Knight have pulled the game from PC platform sales, have frozen sales until they fix it and relaunch it appropriately. Um that that's more breaking news. I mean, there has been a lot of apologies since day one. I think from the, the from the makers of the game. But, well, uh, I think the first the first thing was that they didn't. Well, they didn't really apologize. They came out with their their fix being pretty much turn down the graphics, which is possibly the worst thing you can say to a PC gamer, equivalent to insulting their mothers. Uh, actually, it's probably worse than that. Uh, but yeah, they, they came out and made recommendations on, on how you could get it running smoothly for you, uh, as they look, looked into problems. They didn't strike very much of a humility type tone. It was really kind of like, just, you know, we're going to take a look at this. And, and as information began to trickle out, they also pointed the finger at the sort of third party company that ported the game, um, uh, and but they wouldn't reveal who the company was. It turns out it's this uh, developer called I think Iron Galaxy or something um, that had previously badly ported Batman Arkham Origins. And uh, when that happened, there there was a lot of a fuss as well, where they they kept announcing new DLC, but they weren't announcing fixes to problems. So people had that fresh in uh, fresh in their mind. So it, it's kind of been a quite the debacle. Finally, they had to take this big step back and say, we are pulling the game from our store. And let's face it, no company wants wants to do that. They figure that this is the best way to show that they're taking the issue seriously. Rocksteady is now working with the porting company to like update the game. And so, I mean, it, it, it really shows them not taking, nobody taking PC seriously. Uh, and the third party company, from my understanding, felt that they didn't have much time to port the game. They got the finished code and then to port it to PC, um, they didn't have that much time. So, I mean, it, it just shows taking PC gamers kind of for granted on this, which is uh, in, unfortunate. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, they probably could. One assumes that they throw it up on a, at least a small variety of systems or cards before it goes live in order to ensure that it has a maximum reach, at least. Like, I think every game that gets released has devices because like, uh, computers vary so much have you know uh instances where it won't work like i think it's expected but i think a lot of pc gaming companies try and put out products where this kind of thing is minimal and um so it's a pretty big oversight for it to be affecting so many people uh yeah and i don't know and that that's the risk of the pc platform is that it's it's multi-skew like you have a different tons of people have different cards different things but I guess the collective understanding is that this game was broken for a lot of players. So I mean, they—I mean, it's great that some guys can run it properly on Twitch. Kudos to them. But there's some people with power PCs that are just unable to run the game practically at all. So yeah. I mean, well, good timing on the Steam return policy because, and there might yeah, be, no if kidding. you bought it from somewhere else, there might not be a return policy on these digital lockers. So well, you might just be hoping and praying for them to to do that i feel like rocksteady is a game company at least with some credibility like i feel because i feel like they put out quality products and they want people to enjoy those quality products and i don't think they're out to rip people off i expect at the very least that what the, uh the actions that they've taken is what they're do like 
I expect that from them to be to be fixing this this issue and patching it. Where like some games might release and they'll just be like whatever, maybe we'll fix it sometime. Uh, but uh, I don't know. This, this is a big IP for Warner Brothers. It's Warner Brothers that published this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a big IP for them. It's a lot of bad PR. Uh, it's all because there's nothing happening in the wake of E3. Like I perused the news today, and I was like, there is nothing, nothing that interesting <laughs> compared to but this. The, but this, this is everywhere. <laughs> it was a big deal. It was a big deal because I mean, like there's there's fewer and fewer huge game launches, and everybody knows I was really excited about Arkham Knight, uh, and The Witcher has sidelined uh, me. Also, a Warner Brothers game published game, incidentally. Um, has side uh, sidelined me, but I would have been a day one purchaser. And um, earlier this year, I was trying to soup up my PC in preparation for The Witcher, in preparation in particular for Arkham Knight. Uh, and I had some problems with that because sometimes working on PCs is a huge pain in the ass. And uh, in the end, I got a PS4, and I always intended Arkham Knight to be a game that I would play on that system just because it's very console-y, console-friendly. Um, and so I would have gotten it on PS4, and that's where my sort of priority lay. But I think I think that the developers, in this case Rocksteady, also their priority was on the console market. That's where they're going to make their money. And so the idea was to port it to PC with whatever time that they had left. So I just I think it shows that PC gamers weren't held in high regard. And while I agree it's good about this team refund, I think other companies, I, I read Green Man Gaming or something, is quickly trying to adapt because everybody wants a refund. So tons of people are asking for refunds. And even though they know the game will probably be fixed, I think like fool me once and a lot of people are out the door, right? I, I think there's I think there's some, as a consumer, I think it's perfectly legitimate for people to want. Yeah. It's like I, even if I knew that Rocksteady, I was confident – like with every fiber of my being, they do not deserve my money until they give me the product they promise, not some vague um, uh, resemblance of what the product is supposed to be. So we all know that a game's never guaranteed good or bad until the reviews come in, so that you can't pin that on a company. But stuff like this, absolutely. So, and yeah. some of the reviews on the PC version are already like like uh, I've seen a lot of publishers are just holding off on reviewing it, which I think is like no, you got to review it and what they put it out, and maybe by pulling it back that they're delaying those reviews. The Metacritic rating of the actual reviewers and not just people raging are uh, is, is low on the PC version, but it's not as low as probably it would be if they didn't if they didn't pull it off the store. Um, I I. I find one thing that's probably frustrating about this is like right now I'm I'm not playing Arkham Knight because I'm into another game, but I'm planning on playing it as soon as I'm done that, that game. Uh, and Arkham Knight has mysteries and stories in it, and I am desperately trying to avoid <laughs> being spoiled. I'm going on the internet trying to avoid spoilers all the time, and it's like – dodging bullets every site it's like oh you know don't read this if you haven't gotten this far in i think you better Ar- just start playing arkham knight no 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 i'm i'm, I'm not gonna do that so the the <laughs> problem the problem with that is that pc gamers are kind of getting hosed on this right so they're in a situation where um they, they either play it on a console or you know like they're gonna they're probably gonna get spoiled before they they have a chance. To I see what you're saying. Like, there's a chance that something big gets leaked out and they get spoiled because yeah, who knows how long they're going to be 
optimizing the game for if they pulled it off of the shelves i don't imagine it's for a few days i imagine it's for at least a month yeah so we'll we'll see i i I bet they their priority is getting it back as soon as possible but uh i i have a better understanding now for why rocks uh rockstar takes so long to release like their grand theft autos on pc and stuff because at least they do a goddamn good job so yeah, if they're gonna ask for seventy bucks a pop plus all that DLC stuff, I don't know. They better. They need to release quality product. All right. Speaking of quality products, we have more in the apology uh, gallery. Yeah, I'll I'll do this one. So Destiny, uh, co- um, console shooter made by Dungey, uh, Dungey, Bungie, uh, last uh, la- launched last year. The Eddy three made a big splash. There's a there's still a sizable. Amount of people playing Destiny, it's it's got its hooks in tons of people, and they're releasing an expansion called the Taken King uh, this September, which I think is sort of like the equivalent of them having like, you know, Destiny Two or whatever. Instead of releasing a new game, they're just releasing a sizable expansion. Yeah. Um, now the thing is, is that they've they uh, they promised a series of versions. Uh, of which you can get the expansion, including a collector collector's version, and that collector's edition includes the base game. It included um, the Taken King DLC, and it included a bunch of doohickeys that you could get nowhere else. And it included all the DLC that had come out thus far for the game. So. Day one players were legit upset that the only way that they could get a couple of the a little bit of the content and it was junky content like it's three emoticon like waves and stuff and like a couple of different capes or some some stuff like that. The only way that they could get it is if they bought a collector's edition, therefore rebuying content that they already owned, the base <laughs> game and all the DLC. Um, and they so so that was the only way they could get that content. So they rightfully were pissed off about that and finally after some poor uh communication uh bungie's community managers walked it back and pretty much apologized and have now made those things available for singular purchase still very expensive and really not giving much in the way of anything to the community except like clarifying things and and making their doohickeys available for purchase but uh i just find it funny how as gamers become adults uh, and gaming used to be like sort of more of a kid's pastime and, and they're more and more adults playing the marketing and communication and all that sh- shit is really important both this arkham knight thing and the destiny thing two in one week and just the past year you know assassin's creed unity um and all everything that followed uh that like the um they've had issues with call of duties uh communications uh, surrounding map packs all this sort of stuff so, like they, so if they, i understand correctly it the it's like it's like they did a battle chest edition of destiny right like the the blizzard yeah. battle chests and there was a special edition battle chest with extra stuff. But if you had already been a fan from day one, in order to get that bonus contact, you originally you had to go back and buy the battle chest, which is really expensive still. Imagine yeah. you love your StarCraft. Imagine, you know, they're they're There was a bonus out. in the third one, and I had to buy the first two games over again to get it. Or even yeah, exactly. That's it. Like let's yeah. say in the, 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 the Zerg one that's coming out, you had to, to get like 
<laughs> Protoss, whatever. I, I, I need to get you back for that nerd cred slam earlier. You don't know what Protoss and Zerg are. <laughs> for the Zer- for the Protoss one, let's say let's say you can get like a new armor for your hero. Yeah. But the only way you can get that is if you buy the battle chest edition that comes with the three games, right? Um, that's how people. So in in the way they're they're trying, it's like phone companies that offer you the best deal to get to get you in, and then once you're in, they treat you like shit, and they only give the great deals to the new people coming in. Uh, I, that's because here because I read the article and hearing you explain it, it you know makes a lot of sense to me. Except like what you're saying makes sense. What they did is stupid because Blizzard has like a lot of companies will look at Blizzard and say they're a good example of a company that does well in the PC gaming space and just generally. They do this all the time. They release Diablo. They have a collector's edition. When there's an expansion, they release the expansion and a collector's edition of the expansion. They, if you do it on your releases and not on your like, no one who does that. A collector's edition and then a sorry, like um, re-release all of your games in a collection. Let's say the it's like Mass Effect trilogy. Is there a collector's edition version of the Mass Effect trilogy? that's dumb like it's already special like it's it's hor it's horrifying that you would take like the point of a collector's edition is that to me you were there on the day and date it was released nobody gives a crap if you bought a fifth run of a book they want the first edition of the book like the it, the event is the point that's the collector's edition to me crazy somebody at destiny is like smoking something weird like and for the doing the pricing because it could have done simply make the expansion the collector's edition make it an extra 30 dollars if you're a huge fan of destiny the expansion's 40 but if you pay 70 then you get all this stuff for you people just getting in here's a cheap way to get started and if you want to keep playing by the like it's like this kind of pricing is out there and very simple and they're like um Let's be stupid about this. That's just my opinion. I just think it's a really poor decision making on their pricing. I, I don't understand your your thing. Like you they, can make expansions collectors editions, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what they're doing. It's the Destiny, the Taken King collectors edition with, and it's got it comes with the original Destiny and all the, these doohickeys and stuff. No, no, sorry. Collectors edition is when you get the bonus stuff, but there's the co- like a collection. Like I'm talking about expan- solo expansion. And a solo yes. expansion collector's edition. So it's just the expansion plus the bonus content. Uh, okay. No, like, if you're repackaging the old games, just repackage them. Don't make any special bonus offers, collector's editions, special hoo-hahs, whatever. Put it on your new releases. Make the new releases special. You know, there's no reason to be saying, like, Crofton, you bought the Mass Effect trilogy, right? You, you, yes. Yes. Would you have bought... Would you have bought a collector's edition Mass Effect trilogy? I would have if it was better than the Mass Effect trilogy, which had literally nothing in it except like the three games. It barely had any DLC or anything. If they had had a collector's edition with all the DLC, I would have bought that instead. Okay. Well, they should have all just been in the base game. Yeah, the, the I agree. point is like it should. It, so, like I have Arkham, Arkham City, which we're going to talk about later, Game of the Year edition. It's got all the DLC. I don't got to think about it. That's how you do. Like their company's doing this right. Why can't everyone else do, do it right? I mean, it's it's funny. I, I don't mean to harp on this, but that's exactly what Destiny did, though. That's what they're doing. They're releasing a year later. You get the game. You get the expansion pack. You get all the DLC that was released during the year, and you get like a couple of new doohickeys. Yeah, but the, the contra- people who the are already con- on the game don't get it. Pardon me? The people who don't 
who well, already they... own the game up to that point don't get the extra doohickeys is what you're saying. They have to pay the they have to buy the game over again. Well, is they they would have to they'd want the expansion. Everybody has to buy the expansion mm-hmm. so that they would buy the expansion pack um because they own everything else. They bought the DLC when it came out, they yeah. bought the game when it came out, and they buy the expansion pack. They'd get the expansion pack, but those doohickeys that came with the collector's edition, which was the the base game, the expansion pack, the all the DLC and all that, um, that would only go to the new players, right? That 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 go in through this collector's edition. Or the old edition. player who bought the old collection who of games. Re, yeah, who ended up rebuying right. content. What Again. I'm saying is that those extra doohickeys should just be on the expansion, and there's you know they shouldn't yeah. do they should do a collection of old games, but not put extra stuff in a collection of old games. Yeah, no, I because that's that. dumb. That is dumb. Like capital D dumb. And it's, it, but it is, it is exactly like I said. The cell phoneification, the uh, the the like when you call like Rogers or Bell here in Canada, you get uh, as a new customer, they'll throw everything at you to get you in the door because that's what they want. They want to suck you in that destiny door. So then, then you're buying all their DLCs when they come out. You're buying your, their new expansions when they come out. It's just like they're trying to make a, a gateway drug as enticing as possible. Yeah. But unfortunately, they're doing that on the backs of their dedicated fan. fan and that's where I have problems I with just, it. And I, th- I think everybody did, and they they've apologized, and they're they're selling it uh, they're selling it separately. But it's just people need these companies need to learn uh, how how to get new players and re- you know not piss off their old fan base. And I agree with you; it shouldn't be that complicated. I but. think I just think there's a lot of companies that already know how to do that, and it just seems like it's such a dumb mistake to me. But I wouldn't blow Blizzard for for doing like being the the model. I find they've they there's been tons of times where they've screwed people or like uh, you know you just mentioned the flying mounts the other day, right? Like uh, so, I mean, there's there's plenty of there's they're not a model. Everybody learns as they go right and so uh, uh it's just that activision the company that 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 runs destiny they've been pumping call of duty out the door every year you'd think they would know better that's my my take but um yeah so lots of apologies i'm sorry for all the apologies yeah i'm i mean i'm just sorry that they're happening I, mistakes will happen i think customers are forgiving the companies that are awesome about their mistakes but um yeah, and these both seem like companies that do care about their product and about their consumer bases. Um, so we're going to talk about one that is even worse a little bit later in the show. But let's move on, uh, shall we? Um, to something a little more positive and lighter, a dude bought Fallout 4 on pre-order with over 2,000 bottle caps. <laughs> and as someone who didn't, like, I think I might start playing Fallout 3 at some point in the near future. Uh, I did, don't get the bottle cap reference other than it's a currency in the game. So I had to yeah, explain that's, to me. Yeah, that's, that's the currency. And, um, Bethesda always has these nice interest piece articles. Like they had their the, the kid who was named Dovakin. Right around when Skywin was released, it was a big deal that there was a baby being called Dovakin. You know, and they gave them free swag for calling their kid that or something like that. And so now we have another, um, what is what is it? An interest piece like on, you know, your local news. A local interest piece on a guy who charmingly saved up bottle caps over four years and uh i think it was about 11 pounds in bottle caps and uh, he's getting the game for free how about that 
One thing I, I find about this is I find that it offers a good counterpoint to what we just discussed. Because essentially the only reason this is being publicized is because it is a marketing coup for Bethesda. Um, and uh, it shows, A, it rewards a fan's loyalty and ingenuity. Uh, and, and B, it allows them to appear like a good guy type company. Um, and I find it's funny because that that puts it in sort of like like you said the lighter kind of squirrel trying to learn how to swim news at the end of the newscast uh, as opposed to being upfront big news about stuff gone wrong right like so they're both marketing stories the Arkham Knight stuff the Destiny stuff and this it's all they're all stories about video game marketing but this is a story about it done right. Or a positive story as opposed to the the bad stories we saw earlier. And I, I'll remind you that not maybe three episodes ago, we were talking about Bethesda with regards to um, mods and PCs and trying to monetize mods with, with Valve and all this sort of thing. Giving them shit. The whole gaming community was collectively giving them shit. And today they're coming out smelling like roses from, from a very easy thing to do, giving one guy a free copy of the game and sort of publicizing it. So it goes to show you how important marketing is in video games. Absolutely. And Bethesda has been owning the news cycle lately. Oh, my God. They, yeah, since since E3 and before, before. they've been killing it. Yeah. Killing it. I, I agree, man. They Grant, are granted, they've got some great games coming out of their studio. So, you know, could be worse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it for the news. Unless you have anything more you want to add before we move on, sweet. No, I am. Uh, I'm good, man. I, I we talked a lot about uh, about all the apologies, but uh, I'm ready to talk about what I'm playing. You always talking about making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the street smoking pot. This is games per minute. How do you feel about cutting his head off? All right, this is Games Per Minute, where we're going to talk about what we've been playing. And uh, I've been playing a lot of games, and I'm Sweet. not going to apologize. Um, that being said, I've been busy, you know, pretty busy doing other things, but I still always manage to find time to play games. Um, so uh, first, before I get into the big thing, I'm addicted to Fallout Shelter. Um, really? Eh? But I think... I'm uh, I'm playing that too. Yeah, so we'll let you talk about it and then no, no, I'll no, I'll, I'll bounce it off you and let's talk about it. We right. just talked about Bethesda right now. So you, do you like it? Fallout Shelter, it's fun. It's charming. I don't have to play it for very long periods of time. It's kind of like a hey um hey, uh, let me uh you know, uh, I'm waiting to get my hair cut at the barbershop that didn't happen, but you know, I'll pull it out and check on my dudes and do all this kind of stuff. It gives me like a game uh um a feeling of playing a game without having to invest too much time into it. So I really enjoy it. I don't have, I, I, I went very slow because I tried to expand too fast and I killed like 23 people. They're just all dead. <laughs> it's like, really? I haven't yeah. had anybody die yet, but I'm scared shitless of that happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just die. Eventually they rot and go away and you just rebuild. Like it's not a, not a big deal. They're just, just people. Uh, <laughs> You're an overseer. They're your what, tools. See, I, I find it, it's like a, at first, I didn't understand how the time management went in that game. Like, if I if I suspend my phone, like, is it still going in real time? And if so, who's going to collect all the, like, the energy and all that sort of stuff I generate with my base? Who's going to, like, you know, some of my things were in the red. Like, what was going to happen? I was all very concerned about that. But then I realized, like, you can turn it off. And I think it just goes for a little bit and then kind of waits for you to come back. Uh 
which is nice because I was stressed, man. This game was stressing me out. Really? Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Because it started and it was fun and all the guys – there's people that walking up to my vault door and they're coming in. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun or whatever. But And it looked like, you know, sort of like the base design of XCOM or whatever where you see the side of your base and you build yeah, building, you, you build stuff. I was sort of like, oh, this is, this is you know, this is cool. But then next thing you know, I'm missing, I'm missing water and people are getting thirsty. And then their health's going down and then my power's going out and all this. And I'm starting to freak out. And I'm like, oh, my God, how do I do this? And I'm trying to learn the rules of the games as people start starving and all and, uh I started getting – I was like, man, this is – and you've got to like – I'm playing on an iPhone, which is probably be better to play on an iPad. You'd get more screen real estate. But on the phone, it's like I can't see – like I'm like, what's going on half the time? Is this guy starving or is this guy – you know, bandits suddenly break in. They start killing my dudes. You know, I – anyway, it was it was a lot of stress, I thought. Yeah, like – like there's a lot going on initially maybe i've gotten to a place where i've like it's about stability and balance so everyone has guns everyone's got armor i've got oh, one person yeah. out I'm collecting stuff and it's not a big colony but it's it's stable ecosystem so i just go in pick up my resources and usually everything's fine so um and i try to grow really slowly um, i have a radio station that can bring in people i don't do the birthing thing because oh I find see yeah i don't have that um, I find that the birthing thing sort of indisposes people and you got to manage it where the radio thing is just like, oh, I didn't play for two days. Let me check. Oh, someone's in. Let me add them. And, oh, that's perfect. Um, I want one of those. Yeah. And they're, it's funny because the people in the radio station are right near the entrance and they're wearing nightwear. So it's like you get to this fallout and it looks like a sex, crazy sex place. <laughs> or something. It's like very charismatic in their nightwear. And it's, you know, um, Sounds like a bow place. Yeah, exactly. A hedonistic den of sin, as Mike In might describe. Equity. Yeah, me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's fun. I think it's a great little casual game. I've been like on a dry spell where I haven't played any iOS games at all, except for Hearthstone. I don't even play. I don't like Hearthstone on the iOS that much, personally. I oh, I PC. like it. I prefer it on PC. But um, this is a game I'm actually playing, so it's yeah, it's fun. Yeah, um, I uh, I like it too. I just um, it feels like I'm a wonder- piece of marketing a bit. Well, I just yeah. wonder what the I guess like now when say I right now I'm trying to survive. I'm desperately clinging to survival. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of pregnant ladies, you know, ready to go anytime. Uh, but but at, aside from that, <laughs> so gross. I I don't <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what to do long term. Like what I guess there's no long term goal of the game, and I would like it if there was like um. Uh, you you know in XCOM like your base building is only part of an overall. You're trying like, to save the world. There's this narrative mission, and I almost feel like this game could fit inside of Fallout Four somehow. Like I feel like it would be kind of cool if you know you could uh, maybe manage your like you're going to be able to build your shelter and build bases and stuff like that in Fallout Four. Like I think it'd be cool if you could manage that through the through the app. I was thinking about this playing The Witcher the other day. Um, in The Witcher, you and in like Skyrim, you find a lot of books, uh, and but I never get around to reading them because honestly, I'd rather just play the game. Uh, 
but uh, but I would like it if there was an app that allowed me to read the books that I've collected in game, like on my phone or on a tablet oh, or something. Okay. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. And so I I could totally I like what they've done with Fallout Shelter. And I, like when I saw you were excited about the base building aspects of Fallout Four, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to want to do that. I'm going to want to go out and adventure. And uh, but if if there was a way to do that on my tablet, you know, maybe I'd be keen and I could, you know, I'd probably be keen on that. Well, that 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 integration would actually be really great, but I just think I don't see it ever happen. I, there's been a lot of talk about stuff like that. I don't think it's going to work out to, to, to do that cross platform sort of integration into games that way. Um, because you'd have to have an always online experience and uh, and follow for, and I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's what we're getting. Although there is going to be online co-op in Fallout Four, is that right? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. I'm too busy playing. I know the there's a, I know there's a Skyrim mod to add two-player co-op to the campaign. Uh, I don't think they're done yet, but um, certainly the idea of sharing that world with someone seems like a lot of fun to me. Uh, but the big news for gaming for me, what I've been playing this week is I played Arkham City. Finally, Bo, you um, did it. So After I have a question for you, you, by the way. You bought this for me as a Christmas gift um, four years ago, maybe a long time uh, no, ago. I think it must. I think it's more like two or three years ago. Okay, and for some reason, I own two copies of Arkham Knight, uh, Arkham City. Oh fuck off, Bo! Um, I have the. Oh, I ha- I looked in my library, and I have Arkham City, and I have Arkham City Game of the Year Edition, and I can't figure out. Like maybe there was some deal upgrade to Game of the Year for couple bucks or something like i i would never buy a game twice i have so many games in my library like i don't have fallout 3 twice i've got game of the year fallout 3 i don't have regular Fallout. you 3. probably bought like an arkham anthology you said you had origins and you didn't know how you got that either that's true i don't know how i got origins or- so you probably bought some sort of package sometime uh yeah anyway okay so whatever anyway i was just wondering if maybe i want to know if you bought the game of the year edition or i'm pretty sure edition. that i'm pretty sure i bought you the game of the year edition okay um what is that ding sorry it's me my computer it's uh it's a messaging service um <laughs> nothing to see behind the curtain here uh okay so um yeah arkham city amazing game uh you know i kind of wanted to relax and just play a game for a little bit when I started playing it, I was like, I'm going to finally check out Arkham City. I just want to play for a few hours and uh, get a feel for it. And that game, man, that... Okay, so superhero games, there's tons of them, and they're all universally kind of mediocre. Then you get Batman, and it feels like the people who make these Arkham games, Rocksteady, like that particular, say, what is it that makes being a Batman awesome? It's kind of in the movies, but it's not. It's also in the comics, and it melts together this aesthetic from the TV, the cartoon and comic side of things, and the movie side of things, uh, and makes it amazing. The voice actor that plays Batman sounds like this, you know, has a, almost like a square kind of, I'm an adult kind of voice. He's but then a, he gets angry, and it's amazing, you know? It's, he, but you know he's the long time voice actor of the Batman animated series TV show, uh, eh? It doesn't surprise me to hear. I don't, I don't know it off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I know. Just like our childhood in the '90s, he's yeah. been voicing Batman. But you know, so I mean, like the the Christopher Nolan movies have been around, and someone, some creative director, might be like, "Hey, we need a gritty Batman for our gritty adult game," and they're like, "No, we're we're preserving the uh, comic book aesthetic." And I played Arkham Asylum a long time ago. I remember liking it there, but they've like stepped it up a notch in Arkham City. Like, well, it, it depends what you like because there's a lot of people who will say that Arkham Asylum is the best game. And their reasoning for that is that Arkham Asylum is essentially a Metroidvania, uh, which is that you are in the asylum and you can only access certain areas when you have certain pieces of equipment and so forth yeah. and so on. Yeah. Whereas Arkham City is an open world game and uh, you there's, there's sort of sub-quests going on, things to investigate, other it's things than the main plot. It's an open game without a car. It's GTA with without a car, which my, my understanding is Arkham Knight is you get a car and you get to drive around in the open world. Right. We, neither Bo or I have played Arkham Knight. No. So, But um, we, my sense is that, yes, it, it was definitely more open world, which was is, is a mark against it in my books. I prefer... Well, it is, it, is, it is an open world game. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah it, it totally is. It's just like... But you didn't like... you, So you prefer the environment of Ark, uh, something like Arkham Asylum over something like Arkham City. Yeah, just because I don't... I don't need to travel... Like, it's like, oh, now here and go do this. Okay, great. So let me travel there. Mind you, it's the best open world game because of the... Um, because of the... I don't know what with the you know uses the back claw or whatever to you you can fire yourself into the air and just fly around like a traversal the, is fun yeah like getting around uh, flying around buildings it, it's almost kind of like Spider Man you're not Spider Man but it's similar you know you you shoot off you jump off yeah. a building and even as Catwoman because you play um and I don't know if that's in the base game but I have the Catwoman I guess DLC or something. Yeah. her traveling around traversing the city is really amazing too. Um, and it's all the, the controls are very responsive. So key to a game like this is it feeling very natural. And Thumb very, candy. Like I, it's not like oh sorry you can't hit that ledge because it's technically not a ledge that allow you know it's just like whatever fly around do all kinds of stuff. It's so fun. But the best part about it is the experience of being Batman flipping upside down off a gargoyle in order to string a guy up <laughs> is awesome. Um, walking into a room with fifty thugs and just being like. All right, uh, which bones do you want me to break? Is amazing, and the fact that you don't kill people is even better. Like it just takes everything about Batman and makes you really get hooked into it, and doesn't take itself too seriously. Like it's not trying to teach me any moral lessons about anything. It's just trying to be Batman, and and I loved it. I I am. don't normally get into a lot of the extra content surrounding open world games in particular. Like it depends. We talked about it was sleeping dogs. Um, I found that there's two, there's three types with regards to uh, Batman Arkham city. So there's the Riddler uh, challenges. There's the, um, there's the uh, challenge rooms, which are like either combat or predator challenge challenges. You do sort of outside of the game. Okay. Uh, And there's the, um, uh, and then there's these side quests that you can go on, inv- often involving uh, B-level villains and that sort of thing uh, that you'll you'll find as you go. Uh, and I did everything, like in Arkham everything. City, you did everything. Yes, in wow. everything. I wow. I did I did uh, all them. I, like I didn't three star every challenge. I don't think or five star or whatever. I think it's, I forget. I think it's three star. 
I didn't restart every challenge, but particularly the combat challenges, I just love them. I couldn't get enough of them. And it's beating scores and stuff. And normally I don't care about beating scores, but in this game, I was just like, I must play this more. And the, uh, the thumb candy nature of it, the feeling of like that fighting just feels so good. And you start to learn, okay, this guy's got a stun baton. I've got to handle him this way. Yeah. This guy's got a shield. I've got to handle him this yeah. way. And I started and playing on the heart. They pick up the items and you've got to adjust your plan in the middle of the fight too. Well, well, one of the special moves is to destroy the items, right? And yeah, that became yeah. like my most valuable one, especially for the tasers. I'd be like, okay, this. And I started playing it on uh, the harder difficulties. And in the hard difficulties, they take away the counter, like that uh, tells oh, you. In New Game Plus, they take it away. That's what it yeah, says. Yeah. yeah they, they, and I, and I played that and, uh, and I got like, I would know their motions and I'm like, okay, block, block, yeah. block, you know, move over. And it just, it just, uh, felt really good so i critical totally strikes that was the big game changer for me there's an ability in there called yeah. critical strikes where if you time your attack during like a counter animation or any animation all of a sudden you're careening across the battlefield to another guy and breaking his leg and then jumping back to another guy and jumping back to another guy and oh you're all charged up for a combo takedown break you snap a guy's leg the wrong way <laughs> like that that you know when you because i and get this i played the game with a mouse and keyboard the combat what? is still amazeballs. Are you kidding yeah. me? No, Why no, wouldn't no. you play it with a controller? Uh, because I, I have my controller, but there's a piece missing. i got to get off my bro. I just don't have Dude, it. Dude, you should have just asked me to borrow a controller for... In, oh, my actually, God. Actually, no. It's good with mouse and keyboard. I can't... I, I'm sure... Look, I'm sure that it's decently put together, but that is a controller game, my friend. Like, that is like... But that's, that's, the, that's the impressive thing about it, is that if it turned out to be a controller game and I wasn't having fun, I was ready to put it down. Yeah, but right. the combat is fun as hell. Like... It it was like I recently played Sleeping Dogs again, mouse and keyboard with the combat system, and I thought that was really good. The one thing I do miss is taking a guy and running him into a telephone booth. I really enjoy that part of Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> yeah. Not present in this game, but plenty of things to make up for it. Um, no, the combat is fantastic. Uh, it's yeah. really the best. It's the best combat system by far. Uh, I just I like that there's no guns. Like in a game like Grand Theft Auto, you end up shooting everyone. And it doesn't feel like there's a lot of skill or gaminess involved. Like, there's no video game in just shooting people. But in these fights, these key, like, set-piece fights, whatever you do, it's very gamey. It's very hit-X, hit, you know, or whatever. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, counter, hit, hit. Like, there's a pattern and key, and you got to watch for things. And um, that really engages my brain in a, in a great way. But it's, and I like, like it. It is a different type of game, like first-person shooters. Like you like Doom. That's that's even more shooty than Grand Theft Auto. You know, like it's. But, uh, but like the skill involved in that is like there's an aim thing, and I'm not saying like they're very complex shooter but games. But like, I would argue, yeah, I would argue Grand Theft Auto is a much more complex shooting game than than Doom is because Doom in Grand Theft Auto you take cover, you have your aiming reticule, you got to take out guys in diff, you know in different ways. You can shoot guns out of their hands. You can do sort of stuff. Doom is just like. I guess, I, yeah, I, like we could probably compare and say they're the same, but like in Doom, it's fun because that's what I'm getting into. I don't right. find it fun in game. Like shooting, I hated shooting guns and sleeping dog. I was just like, throw the gun away. I want to fight people. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's the fiction. That's the reason to play. And in Batman, the reason to play is to break bones. Like I'm so glad I don't have weapons. And I just like the few weapons that I do have. I'll use the bat claw and be like, get that gun out of your hand. Now come here and smack clothesline them. And, you know, <laughs> like, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it, there's so much of that fiction sold so well and done with so much love in this game that, um, 
Yeah, I, I can see why you did everything because I even I finished it. I got through the campaign pretty quickly. I did about fifty percent of the side missions. I you know found Victor Saz and and helped Bane out and stuff like that. Um, I want to go back and play more. Like I want to. I I can see the appeal of wanting to do all of that stuff, and maybe at a later date I will. Uh, but that game was great. Yeah, Arkham no, it's def- great. definitely great. And I and like uh, it's funny because there's all these like um, now ranking the Arkham games. Like now that the series is kind of over, and uh, I want to check those things often. And maybe I'll do a question mark on it when I play Arkham Knight. But I'm so concerned about being spoiled that I don't want to go on anything. Like, and yeah. I think I already know what some of the big spoilers are. But bottom line is, I, I I really want to go into Arkham Knight kind of fresh. And I remember that enthusiasm you have as someone who just played Arkham City. Uh, it's one of the very few games from last generation I played at least twice all the way through. Um, and I played Arkham Asylum again after that. But Arkham City is my favorite of the the Arkham's. So uh, so far, we'll see. Maybe. Arkham Knight will blow my uh, blow my mind, right? So, uh, anything else you got, Bo? Um, well, you know, I think I spent a lot of time talking about Arkham City. That game was super fun. I'm glad I finally played it. Um, you know, I did a banana brawl in Hearthstone. That was this week's thing. I don't know, not much to say there. I found it kind of boring. Um, played some Diablo three again, <laughs> and I just I include that because you know Crofton likes to laugh at the fact that I played that game for like. 8,000 hours or something ridiculous. He's like, why do you play that game? But I logged in and played for an hour or two. Uh, and it was, I had a good time. But then I was like, oh, wait, let me play Arkham City. So, And um, here's the storm. Looking forward to tomorrow where The Butcher gets released. Um, the Butcher looks like a hell of a lot of fun. And I'm excited for it. So, yeah. So three Blizzard games today. Well, that's an improvement, Bo. You're weaning yourself off a little bit. Um <laughs> Uh, so I, I played Fallout Shelter. We already talked about that. I'm also playing this other iOS game called Dungeon Boss. I'm not sure if it's out in the States. Um, a, a little a nepotism alert here. A friend of mine told me that his brother was working on this game, so I checked it out. It's pretty colorful and is a it's a fun like iOS uh, time waster, but it does feel a little corporate in how it's put together. And not it's not any more guilty than a lot of these iOS games, but it's the type of game that you, Bo, would play and you would be like, oh, these iOS games, you know, like, <laughs> you, it, like I, I can, I don't. So I'm, clearly designed to just look like a game and get my money. And get your money, right, exactly. So there is a game, there is a bit of that there, but it, it hasn't like really dug its hooks into me and then Fallout Shelter came out and took uh, and took a lot of my time. Um, I the of course the game that I am still playing is The Witcher Three Wild Hunt. Uh, unlike Bo, how many, how many wenches have you bedded? Here, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I wrote the last my last blog, or the question mark. Gentle. You should read it now uh, on uh, on The Witcher Three. Um, I've talked three episodes possibly about The Witcher Three and different things about it. I continually find new things to talk about and new things to enjoy in this game. I would say that I'm halfway through the game, probably. Uh, so uh, it's it's a long it's a long game. Now, bear in mind, folks, if Bo Schwartz was playing this game, he'd be done it in a week, probably. But uh, I, I I don't have that much time, and uh, I I put in a couple of hours every day or whatever. But there's a lot to distract you in the world. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff. But what I wanted to highlight today in my games per minute time briefly is just the fact that um, it what struck me. The other day playing The Witcher 3, and this this is not a, a thing that's unique to The Witcher, but is is 
becoming more common and more and more video games is that features that we were excited about that they promoted uh, game developers promoted um, and I remember being promoted game entire games being promoted on some features are now commonplace uh, in certain games and The Witcher has so many features and I'm going to rattle a couple off here that I rem- and I remember as being really impressive so one is that you can go into almost any building uh, any building you see you oh, can really? pretty much go into it now you can do that in Skyrim. You can do that in um, – but I remember when Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out, that was the big feature was that you could go into some buildings. I remember websites Ooh. running running features on like interiors and stuff. Oh, you can go into a building, you know, because uh, in Grand Theft Auto 3, you can't go into any building. And honestly, in Vice City, you can't go into that many buildings. Uh, but it was the big feature. And at that time, staying with the PlayStation 2, Metal Gear Solid 2 came out. And one of the big features was that all the in-game cutscenes were done with the in-game engine. So it meant that if your guy was wearing a certain costume or had a certain haircut or whatever, he would look the exact same in the cutscene because they used to use tons and tons of pre-rendered cutscenes. But now as graphics were advancing, you know, they would do the cutscene in the in-game engine. Well, The Witcher 3 has some of the nicest cutscenes I've ever seen. Uh, it, really, really nice. And it's just constant. Like, there's dialogue. There's constant it's stuff. It's all in-game, though, right? And it's all in-game. Yeah. And it's ridiculous the amount of outfits. And, and, like, you can get your hair cut different ways. Your beard grows in real time. So you can shave it at different, uh, you know, at different times or whatever. Your guy looks can look not like he, he's the same guy with different haircut or different outfit. He has a the, wide variety of looks to him. Wide variety. And mm-hmm. when you see him in the cutscenes, he looks like like he was that's how he was designed. No matter what outfit you're wearing, what haircut you're wearing, he just looks like he looks like he fits in perfectly. There's nothing that 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 suggests that he was tweaked or adjusted in any way, right? Right. There's um, no, there's it, no uh, like uh, anime style haircut you can get that looks goofy or something. It, and if there was, they would find a way to make it look, look natural, like, like a yeah. Because yeah. there's one haircut that I have, and it's funny because there's a there's two, I found two barbers in the game once in Novigrad, the biggest city, and he's drunk, and so whenever you get him to cut your hair, <laughs> he will give you a random haircut. Uh, okay. and, and then okay. he'll be like, fuck you. If you don't like it, go somewhere else, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, there's no other barber that I'm aware of in Novigrad. Um, so, uh, that's pretty funny. So I have this haircut now that's like, it's kind of like shaved on the side and then ponytail in the back. It's not super flattering, but I don't want to go I saw a guy like that on the street the other day. Potentially, yeah. I don't. I I don't quite like it. Uh, and so, uh, but that's like in in the cutscenes, it looks awesome. Like everything looks super sweet. But that used to be a selling point of a game. And and the most recent one I can think of is cause. Uh, choice and consequence. So games like The Walking Dead from episode to episode or Mass Effect or uh, a lot of these games, they sell – they sold themselves on your choices being impactful and having consequences and, and, yeah. and that sort of thing. The Witcher has more consequence and t- to your actions than any game I can think of. 
and yet they barely mention it. It's just a thing in the game. Have and you like, have you have you been called to account for anything you've done in any major way? Like has oh, it effed you? Uh, hey, don't spoil uh, it because the more I hear about Witcher Three, the more I think I just want to. I'm just going to jump straight to Witcher Three and play it. The problem but, is, first off, you can't play it because you don't have a system. It won't even run on your computer. It, and not that I would suggest you playing it, even if it, you could get it running on your computer. Um, you need to play it on something that makes it look good because it looks super sweet. Secondly, don't play it until you have no life obligations because, Bo, you get addicted <laughs> and you would be screwed. Yeah, this yeah, is the yeah. Coolest. I'm not saying I'm going to play it tomorrow, but I'm All saying right. like – as a celebration of some kind, uh, for some yeah. good news in the near future, I may, uh, you know, you know, uh, be like, I'm going to get lost in the world of The Witcher. I mean, oh, it, it's one of those games that you will get lost in it for sure. And uh, the the last thing I, I just wanted to say but about want, it. But you've been effed. Like you've done like you slapped a woman and you're misogynist. And then later on, some a, a bunch of dudes come. Mike Hodgins and his army of feminists come to, to, to kick your ass or I don't uh, know, steal your money. or do there's, I don't want to I don't want to spoil some, but okay. like it's just yes or no. I just want to know. Yeah, no, I said I did. Yes. See, um, okay. The thing is, there's a couple of things that they do to, to ensure that you can't just reload because uh, well, you can. But often oh, the consequences. I don't like the consequence. Let me reload. Yeah. Yeah. The consequences are often felt much later. Mm. Um, it, to the point that they know that, like, okay, you've got a lot, you've done a lot of side questing, you've done a lot of shit. And now, oh, guess what? That choice you made way back when? It did this, you know, uh, and there's some there's some things that are little, really little choices. The world of the Witcher is a horrible place to live, and and you'll often take a Witcher contract, and um, you know, like you'll the guy who gives you the contract will be like, "Oh, my son saw this um, wraith out in the woods. Go talk to the son. You go talk to the kid. He's looking forward to starting school or something like. And then, then you come back. Uh, you kill the wraith. You do all the contract. You come back, and then you're talking to the dad, and he's like, "Well, here's your money as we agreed upon. It's unfortunately my son's college fund or whatever, uh, and so he won't be able to go to oh, school wow. anymore." Wow! And, and what an a hole! And so you're like, uh, you're like, okay, do I take the money or do I not take the money? Well, you're, you're a professional. I mean, you don't work for free. Well, here's the thing, and that's that's literally the response that you can give. Uh, but the, the issue is, in a lot of games, they would reward you for making the heroic or noble choice. They would say, okay, you're not taking the money? Well, then you get plus you get five. angel points. Yeah, plus five <laughs> angel points, and now you have a new angel skill. Uh, but this game does not do that. You say no money, that's fine. You get no money and uh, you move on. And like, maybe you'll see that kid in some school classroom when you're in the Oxenford university, or maybe is the university named Oxenford. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally, it's totally a whole, that whole town is a spoof of Oxford. The the imagination department. Oh, okay. Maybe there's a bigger thing going on. It's just like, let's come up with a fantasy uh, school. Like what's a good Oxenford. Doesn't that sound like Oxford? Yeah. Whatever. It's, it's, it's pretty much, (laughs) but the whole thing is like, I've been to Oxford and it is kind of like a, like their second choice was Woghorts, but they decided (laughs) too much like, be right infringement. Uh, well, it's but, ho- Woghorts, not Hogwarts. Whoa, yeah, I, I mistake. That's the fantasy difference. But anyways. A- anyway, it was just uh, the, the choice and consequences is, is crazy in that game. So um, all of these things, 
but it, and that's the Witcher. But like a lot of these features are in every game now, and we just don't we don't think about them. But once upon a time, a game was sold on a feature, and that feature is now commonplace. I think last year um, of Shadow of Mordor, which I really liked, and they had this nemesis system. I bet you in like five years from now, that'll just be a thing in every game and we won't even think about it anymore. Hello there, Bo here. Uh, Just a quick little ad break to let you guys know about another great podcast that uh, is a part of our podcast family called Good, Bad or Bullshit. Three guys, Bo, Michael, and Crofton, select a topic at random using the random topic generator and debate whether it's good, bad, or bullshit. If you like this, I know you'll like good, bad, or bullshit. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher or visit our site goodbadbull.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I'm going to return you to our regular programming of the Exclamation Mark Podcast. Now that there's one fine dialogue tree. All right. Hey. Um, All right. So the dialogue tree is where we sort of pick a topic and we just discuss it. But um, and we've missed the last few weeks of dialogue tree because mainly uh, we've been talking about E3 news. The readme.txt was pretty long. And um, so I think this week, because we're running low on time, we let's just talk about... Um, we could just talk about E3s. Like, do we need E3s? Uh, does it still have a place in the world of gaming? Or, you know, should you, we be moving on to something else? If you had asked me this question, if E3s are still relevant, like, two weeks ago, yeah. I would have told you no. I would have said, like, you know what? It, it's being spread out more and more. You're seeing things like the Tokyo Gaming Show and uh, GDC, the Game Developers Conference. All these things are becoming more and more prominent. E3 is no longer what it once was. Uh, it went through an identity crisis a few years back and had a hard time sort of sorting out. Did it want to scale back? Did it want to go big? Now they're back to sort of what they once were. It's a giant, giant show. Uh but honestly, after this E3, which I think a lot of people are pointing to as one of the best E3s ever, uh, I got excited by a lot of stuff. There was a lot of awesome press conferences. There was a lot of love for games shown. I feel like it, you know, I'm pretty happy with E3. I would, I look forward to it. It's something I mark on my calendar now as a gamer. So I, I'm leaning positive towards. How do you feel about it? Um, so E3, like I'm, I'm pretty ambivalent, honestly, in years past E3 for me has been, um, I'll get the recap once the whole thing's done. I've got work to do and I've got more important things to do. Mind you, this is the kind of guy that'll buy the, you know, the, the digital subscriber package for BlizzCon and watch that. So I like hype. I guess there just hasn't been much for me, but now that we do this gaming podcast, you know, I was all interested in watching all of the broadcasts and being apprised of all the information. And I have to say, it was kind of exciting to be a part of it. So um, they do a good job, I find, of like making you don't have to be there. You can watch the you watching the press conferences, you know, at home is the same pretty much as like, yeah, you're in the room. You get a sense of the excitement in the air and that sort of thing. But it's not like, yeah, going on the show floor, especially VR with such a presence this year. I, I obviously would like to try a bunch of that stuff. 
Um, but the the thing that I guess what has concerned me in the past with regards to E3 is that I know a lot of work goes into the showing at E3. And I, I don't just mean work in terms of setting up the kiosk and like being present and all this. I know those press conferences are tightly orchestrated. The demos that are shown at E3 have to be prepared well in advance. And like I just think that you're making this game. So you're putting all your creative juices into this game. And then somebody tells you, okay – we got E3 in three months. We need a playable demo uh, and we need a sizzle reel video for this, you know? And like that might not be in your plans for developing the game. It may slow your production of the game and it may distract you from what you're actually trying to do. Uh, but so, I mean, I, I could see why how it can be a, a sort of a force of negativity in terms of developing games. Yeah, you're saying because like everyone's focused on you know, meeting approvals for this event rather than just making quality games. Cause like the business of making games is also about like, you know, the, the stock exchange business or like, I don't, I'm not even going to pretend I know how that works, but the idea that, you know, generating a lot of buzz, like Bethesda's presentation, I'm certain generated a lot of buzz for their shareholders and stakeholders, uh, you know, to see the, the kinds of positive reaction they're getting for all the stuff that they're throwing out into the world. So it's it's an industry show. I mean, it makes headlines, it gets gamers buzzed, but I still get the sense that it's an industry show. And there's no more evidence of that than that damn PC Gamer show, which credit to PC Gamer for trying to put on a show. I like that. But they had their AMD sponsors up there every second time going like, have you seen this new AMD product? The computer is blah, blah. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of genuine talk. There was a lot of... Here's what we're doing. Here's why we're awesome. You know, it didn't seem to address gamers all that much. So and it's a it's an industry event. And Microsoft learned that lesson a few years ago when they they were riding high off the hog from Xbox 360. They launched their Xbox One at E3, and they talk about all the sports TV DVRing you can do to a, <laughs> to a hardcore gamer market. That they was lost. at E3. They, they yeah. Did that? Okay. Yes. Well, I don't remember if it was E3 or just outside of it. Oh, E3. it might have been. Um, I, I know. You got Sony, yeah, Sony and Microsoft had big presentations one after the other. I remember watching yeah. them, but I, I think maybe it was before E3. Well, part of it was that Microsoft was saying like you can't lend games anymore because you know we're going to have all this proper proprietary yes, copyright yes. thing and all this. And Sony then just anyway, it was a Sony won that that battle. It, Sony won. It was a marketing battle that they yeah. won, and Microsoft has been digging itself out of that hole ever since. And then this this um, it was interesting because this press conference, Microsoft showed a willingness to kind of uh, to like, here's some of the great games coming up this year that you're going to be able to play. We value gamers, 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 gamers. That was pretty much, they're still in sort of damage control mode where Sony is playing a different game, which is, I find almost more interesting. Uh, they have pretty much have nothing coming out this year, but then instead of saying that, they're like, Smoke and mirrors. Look at all this crazy nostalgia stuff like, oh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Boom. Oh, here's Shenmue, which we are not necessarily affiliated with. But you love that. Hey, look at all this stuff. Um, the Last Guardian, you thought it was gone. Here it's back. Uh, so they are throwing stuff. And the idea is to sort of engage the creativity or, or engage gamers in like get them excited. That's how they see it. Because if they get excited about games, and then they think they think games, they think Sony – 
they think PlayStation and and it's it's sort of a, an ingenious marketing uh, uh, marketing strategy because instead of being focused just on uh, what's coming up next, they're sort of trying to sell sell you dreams, sell you like. I think they're also campaigning for money to make these things. I mean, I was surprised. A few a few uh, little tidbits here to add. The Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven CD Projekt Red. I read an article. They were saying there's there when they released that trailer. There was nothing big in development. There was like there's barely anything. And maybe there's stuff now, but at the time, and that's over a year ago, two years ago, that trailer's gotten a lot of hype. And now they're like, oh, we're totally making that game. But it's not like they had a game three years in and they were like, hey, I hope you guys like this trailer because we've invested a lot of money into it. I think a lot of the stuff that they're showing, the Final Fantasy VII remake. There was an article, I didn't include it in the news today, but there was an article that the director didn't even know he was a part of the project till he saw the trailer. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, clearly not very much of the game has been made at this point. Yeah. Like, That's a four-year, three, four-year yeah, one for like, sure. The guy directing it who's like, he's like, oh, I, I work? Okay, sure. That's that's cool. Um so I think that there's a lot of that going on with that hype machine where we're like, yeah, Doom 4, yeah, Fallout, like Fallout 4 is an exception because we know that game's out, but like there's a lot of games, For Honor, for all we know, that's the one Matt For Honor has. And they're like, let's let's see if people yeah. like For Honor. Oh, people really like For Honor. Great. Here's your budget now. Go make the game and you know release date. I think it's coming out this year, For Honor. I'm not sure. But Could be, but there's, there's some of that going on. There's some of that whole, uh, uh, you know, Oh, you don't have faith in my project or my company? Well, here's this hype reel, and now here's what the social media space is saying about it, et cetera. So. Well, I do feel that this E3 left me with positive warm fuzzies, and it made me think like, oh, man, I'm looking forward to E3 next year to see what's announced, to see what's you know what's advanced, all that sort of stuff. So wh how I feel about E3s in general is like I think the video game industry is now a bigger – industry than than even film and that it needs a showcase and for something that happens in everybody's living rooms it's becoming increasingly difficult to provide that showcase and so i think e3 is just going to grow and grow and i i think that um, there may even be merit to having uh i don't want to say a second e3 but like having an e3 on the east coast like penny arcade <laughs> yeah like the packs and yeah pa packs realized at one point it's like hey you know what there's the West Coast is being heavily featured in terms of um, uh, games. We should we should have something on the East Coast. Well, there, right right now, all our Australian listeners are like, "Fuck you guys." <laughs> there is the big one. Gamescom is kind of the other one. Now they're not, but I don't think they're affiliated in any way. But you do hear a lot. There are um, not as many, but there are announcements made at Gamescom, which is like the Europe. Instead of being East Coast West Coast, you've got you know America and, and Europe, Eurasia whatever um and uh notably there are companies that often don't make announcements at e3 that do make the announcements at gamescom uh okay uh i mean e3 is great i'm glad that it's you know the 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 best of the best in terms of video game announcement places for all of us to salivate over but uh, uh you know i like my surprises throughout the year so i'm cool if companies want to you know i don't want every company to be announcing stuff just in that window you, gotta have you, always, you always have Nintendo. They do whatever they want. <laughs> a few companies like that. All right. Um, I don't have anything more to add. I'm you know, looking forward to the next one.
Yeah, I just for me the thought, big the big surprise is that uh, two weeks ago I couldn't give a shit, and now I'm really. What's that guy's name? Um, did you watch it on YouTube? There's the, it's not Chris Hardwick. Who's it's the other guy who does the Blizzard stuff? I forget if what you're his name is. Me, who a Blizzard person? He's not a Blizzard guy. He just he does a lot of TV stuff in relation to video games and geek culture, but I can't hey, remember no. his name. Uh Crofton Steers. No. Anyways, he's from Toronto. He's like he. Uh, anyways, that guy's in a lot of stuff. He did a great presentation. Uh, he was a good like in between the conferences. They had panels of guests and stuff on the YouTube presentation, uh, YouTube live stream, and it was quite good. Like it was, the production was quite well done. So, uh, yeah, uh, Crofton's so, like staring at me with a blank face. Like let's move I on. Watched, let's move I on. I watched the IGN guys and I watched just, uh, the just uh, what is it the kind of funny guys but i didn't yeah i didn't watch that stuff um yeah let's uh we should probably roll roll into uh our inventory, inventory management. management we did that together inventory management is a challenging and inexact science uh, welcome to Inventory Management, where we answer the question, spend your cash and or or vendor trash. You can't do both. You can only pick one or the other, unless you have two copies. Crofton, what's your recommendation for inventory management this weekend? Or well, week? yeah, on the heels of the announcement that uh, Take-Two has registered, uh, and I did this for Red Dead Redemption as well, but uh, how Take-Two has registered a, a domain for Mafia 3, I am going to recommend Mafia 2 uh, to the folks at home. I would, pardon? I heard good things. I heard good things. Uh, tell me the good things. I hear good things. Uh, uh, breaking kneecaps. Uh, the the thing is, is that uh, I played Mafia 1 on PC, and that was one of those games that really, like, and it's funny now because I, I as much as I want to recommend it, it's just too old. Uh, it, recommend it. It doesn't send the test of time, really. And uh, when I played it, though, it really made me feel like I was, like, in the 1930s where, where, where it was set. And Mafia 2 does an amazing job of that as well. And it's set in the 40s and 50s. Um, and mm-hmm. really the the time pe- – the, 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 it's an open world, but the open world is mostly in service of a story. So much like L.A. Noir, like while there's other shit you can do, um, there's – it's really like for the most part you're going to be going through the story, which is fairly long. Uh, but it's just really – the story is compelling and the environment and it changes like – there's a time period change and a seasonal change in it. And, uh, it's really cool. Like every little bit of environment, um, feels like it's, it's delicately made and everything just really, it's, it's really like old fashioned Americana. And, uh, I, I, I really like that feeling, like the feeling I get when I play it and the guy you play, like, yeah, he's a, he's a criminal, but he's not a douche, uh, which he's one seems, of the good ones. You're one of the well, good not, ones, Vinny. He's he's not he's not necessarily a good one, but he's not he's not like a douche. And believe me, that's that's a line that you gotta when you're doing a crime game. That's a line you gotta walk. I'm sure you're surrounded by plenty of them. In he's like right, he reminds me a bit of Ray Liotta in Goodfellas. So uh, he's a douche in Goodfellas. He is a douche, but he's like you like you kind of like him. Like I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm not saying he isn't charming. But, no, no, yeah. but that's it. Like the douches in GTA Five are not charming. 
they're they're douches, you yeah. know. Like, yeah, it, I mean, a charming douche is. You're saying I guess, they have better. zero redeeming qualities whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah. and and uh, um, I think it's Vinny his name, and he's got his friend Tommy or whatever. It, and it is Vinny. Did I get that it, right? <laughs> yeah. And Vinny and Tommy, like they 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 become like you know buddies, and 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 uh, there's a lot of like. Anyway, there's I don't want to ruin any of the, the plot points, but it's 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 um it was made in the Xbox three sixty PS three generation. The PC version you can turn up the graphics and like for all you graphics whores out there, it still looks pretty good. <laughs> I I mean, like so I, I think you can totally uh, it's it's very much playable and, and remains a really good recommendation. My console of choice to play it would be PC graphics turned up with an Xbox three sixty controller. That I didn't think needed to be said until I talked to Bo earlier today. Um, but yeah, so my recommendation, Mafia Dose. And if you're able to look past old graphics, Mafia Uno, Sounds but Dose. Good. I just want to note, I want to pause there to point out that you said graphics whores and not whore. Like, yeah, I don't whores, want to get... But whores is such a dialect thing for like, I don't know, it's cool. It's, I'm not criticizing. It's just graphics whores. You know, <laughs> you're drawing attention to it, Bo. So whatever power it had is now gone. Oh no, it sounded awesome. I just I gotta cut that out. Hoors, 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 goddamn hoors. All right, um, <laughs> this game definitely earned it, or this episode is definitely earning its explicit tag. That's for sure. Uh, I'm gonna recommend Arkham City. Don't need to get into why I've spent like 20 minutes of this podcast talking about the damn game. It's I would mention I've recommended that game before. I'm throwing my endorsement in two for a full two exclamation marks. That's it. Two Bam. exclamation marks up. Um, Question, Bo. Yes. Are you going to play Arkham Origins? Uh, you know, I played it for 10 minutes because I was curious about how it would feel. Like, is this game different? How close it is? It feels kind of janky. I'm kind of a little... Tr- I'm going to go back to playing Arkham City if I'm going to play any of the two games. I, now, I, I could be wrong. It's not that it's bad, but... I feel like my punches aren't connecting like they do. Like, I feel like it's off. Two things. Yeah. One, you're not wrong, okay? Yeah. It is It is slightly different than um, in, in the controls, and it's not as smooth as Arkham City. And it kind of sucks that you're going directly from one to the other. The other thing, though, the, the other thing is that it is graphically intensive, much more so than Arkham City. You may have to turn down the graphics a bit to get full smoothness. It's not going to be the same as it was. It's not as well optimized as Arkham City is either. So, uh, but that that being said, like it, even though it doesn't, it's not as buttery as Arkham City or Arkham Asylum. It is way more buttery than Sleeping Dogs, which you played. Um, so it's just like maybe take a break and then go back to Arkham Origins or yeah, whatever. Maybe I'm planning. I've got a couple of games on my to do list. Like I'm kind of thinking about playing some XCOM because that XCOM two stuff. So I don't know. But um, Arkham City, and the reason I recommend it is the combat is perfection. The combat is perfection. For what it is, it works flawlessly, and it is fun. The gaffers, or the audio people that made the sound effects, did a bang-up job of bones crunching and flesh getting pulped by Batman's beefy fists. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Play Arkham City. If you if it's in your library, don't do like me and have it sit there for three years. I'm the Batman. So I just drew this. This is Batman apologizing here. You guys on the audio can't see this, but uh, he says, I am sorry, I'm Batman. 
And uh, he's just apologizing for the PC version of the last Batman uh, game. Batman has some good lines in that game. When you're finding Riddler clues, and you're like, if you lie to me, I'll know. And he's like, I'll talk, I'll talk, I won't lie, man. Just don't hurt me. And then Batman's just like, I can't guarantee that. <laughs> he's just like, what? Who says that? <laughs> Batman. He's Batman. Yeah, I know. It's, he's the best version of Batman, really, though. All right. Uh, then uh, I think that pretty much wraps up our recommendations. Onto the mail, or no, we don't have any mail. Um, so <laughs> no mail. You should write us, folks. Exmpodcast.com. That's our home on the internet. You can find all our exm episodes as well as the question mark blog on that site. Uh, you can also, we would encourage you to follow us on the podcast uh, as well as Facebook. Uh, you could like, like us on Facebook, slash exm podcast. Tell your friends, share these wonderful episodes with your friends. Uh, exmpodcast at gmail.com is where you can mail us and if you write us we will read what you write on the show it will be awesome then we will comment maybe make fun of you no we won't make fun of you uh, maybe we will probably not though but I won't we'll. I can okay. promise I won't Crofton's trying to lie but I won't make fun of you <laughs> just mail us Okay, and of course, if you are watching this live, you don't need to know this, but if you are not, we would invite you on Monday evenings to watch us record on twitch.tv slash exmpodcast. Uh, we do a live stream of the show. It also gets stuck somewhere on YouTube afterwards. Um, so that's yeah. good. And there's a chat room where people ask to be made mods and ask us for our email addresses in order to sell us stuff. That's that's what's happened in the chat room today, but Sweet. I'm sure sooner or later we'll get to some meaningful conversation about things. Uh, uh, well, the, the, the thing, room. yeah, the thing about the chat room is it's for spectators, and maybe we talk after the show. But for the most part, we we like doing our our little show We're here, busy doing our little show. So sorry about that, but uh, and, yeah. And to close off, if you like this show and you want to hear us talk about things that aren't video games, well, good, bad, or bullshit is er, for you. It is our other podcast. You can uh, find it at goodbadbull.com. I am Crofton Sears. If you want to hear my thoughts on things, you can follow me at Crofton Steers on Twitter. Bo, um, where can people follow you? You can find me at Bo Schwartz, and there you'll find you know news about uh, EXM and Good Bad Bull, and also the Here's the Storm tournament that I am the organizer for. Uh, we're full up with 32 teams, uh, so this is getting pretty exciting. It's really going to be starting in like two days. Um, so anyways, find out all the information at Bo Schwartz. All right. So you'll probably see a lot of Heroes of the Storm tech, uh, tweets. So if you're not into that, you might want to follow them in a couple of weeks or something. Yeah. In the meantime, follow me at Crofton Sears. Just follow both of us and all of our stuff. Just follow everything and validate our existence. Validate us, please. Yeah. We need it. Yeah. Just kidding. Okay. Speaking of validation, we're going to move into our the acting segment of our show, uh, known as the Master Game Theater quote of the week. It's now time for Master Game Theater. This is my favorite part of the show. Master the, Game Theater. Uh, uh, yes, it is a good part. Uh, in this uh, part of the show, we will perform a piece from a famous video game. This episode will feature uh, a very famous video game, one known as Half-Life 2. Um, it's a quote from the G-Man in Half-Life 2, and it will be performed by one Bo Schwartz, who, may I remind you, has taken professional acting lessons. Not for this role. 
But you wouldn't know rules. it to see me act. It's for other rules. <laughs> He's selling himself short. All right. All right. Mm. So we'll bid you listeners adieu on this. And uh, without uh, further build up, here is Bo Schwartz. Take it away, Bo. <clears throat> the right man in the wrong place can make all the difference in the world. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>